We had the chance to talk about everything, including her upcoming film, did she really meet her husband in a nightclub, the recent loss of her beloved mentor, Raven Wilkinson, and the impact Misty has had on little girls around the world. I was coming home from like a long day and I saw these, this mother and, and daughter sitting on the front porch of my, where I live. Um, I just assumed they lived there and I don't know, they were waiting for something and I go to open the, excuse me, go to open the door and um, the little girl's like staring and then she's like, are you Misty? And I was like, yeah. And then like there's this whole freak out for like 10 minutes and then <laughs> I started finally like calm them down. They didn't live there in the building. They happened to just like stop by, like they were, I don't know, walking from somewhere. Total and chance. Yeah, coming. total chance. And oh. then the mother expresses to me that the young girl um, she started out going to ballet classes like young and within a week she was getting a lot of negative like feedback in terms of her body and which is so often what happens um, and then she so her mother took her out and she never danced again like in a, an environment like in a studio with that is a teacher just unbelievable. but she went on YouTube and she started teaching herself to do ballet from videos of me on her own in her bedroom. She's now on full scholarship attending, um, I think it's a Joffrey Ballet or one of those schools that she's never had training before. She learned through videos of me on YouTube and that to me that's like so powerful about like this generation and, and social media and having access to things like that. But like to know that I've, you know, maybe changed the path of her life or given her like encouragement in a way that she couldn't even get by stepping into a ballet studio is really powerful. That happens actually all the time, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, wild. It, it blows you away once or twice, <laughs> but then over and over and over. It still blows me away. I mean, come on, right? It still does. It's, yeah. um, you know, and I think it's like, I had so many people that were that, this for me. Um, and that it's not even about that person in particular, really, when I think of it. You know, it's just like having somebody to look at, having somebody that you can see yourself through and how that can really just spark something within you. You know, Mariah Carey was that for me. Like, she truly was. And I think that it took me until I was a professional, until I was an adult, to really be able to understand and articulate why I was so drawn to her. But she was the first person that motivated me to dance. You know, her hearing music. her music, seeing mm -hmm. representation, seeing a biracial woman who was right. successful, you know, whether it was subconscious or not, like I, I was motivated through her music. And so it's like, it's as simple as just having that person that embodies like what you want to be. Incredibly simple. I want to get into your head here. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we vibe like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you said one of your favorite things about live performances is collisions. <laughs> Falling. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Why is that your say. favorite thing? How can that I, be? It's just like, it's a reminder, like the juxtaposition of what ballet is perceived to be or what we are. You know what I mean? Of like this like perfect elegance, you know, not real, not relatable. But then, you know, it's live theater. So you never know what you're going to get. I mean, not necessarily collisions, but like just having like things that are accidents that are real that happen in live theater. That's not something you can like go back and edit, you know, and again, dancers are already looked at in this way of like this idea of perfection. And um, so I think it is amazing when something human happens, kind of removes people, especially in the audience from that place, and then to be able to recover and win them 
back. Like to me, that's like a journey that like is amazing to be on, like with the audience and like everything. It's the like wire of it. yeah. I mean, I think that that's so much about like you know stro striving for perfection, which is not possible. It's about like how you learn to recover in those moments when you stumble and fall, and that's something that I think is so powerful in when's life the last in time, general. When's the last time that happened with you? I fell in rehearsal really bad like last week and started and it laughing. Was it was hilarious. Yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, unless I like hurt myself or sprained my ankle or something, but I was rehearsing this Twyla Tharp ballet, and it's like wild dancing. We're dancing to Beach Boys music. It's a piece we're doing this spring at the Metropolitan Opera House called Deuce Coop, and I'm like doing these crazy dances like from the 60s, and I'm running backwards, and all of a sudden I was like, bam, on my back, like flip over and like land. I'm like, I'm okay. And then I was like, like dying laughing. Like it's just like, again, like it snaps you into reality of like, not to take things so seriously too. <laughs> We're not perfect, never We're not will perfect. be. Right? Yeah. right before you go on stage, what, what are your thoughts mm. as you're about to go out there? Are you, like, I don't even know where I would be in a, in a, in a situation like that. Consumed it's clear. with the details? No. Worrying about the people in the crowd? Mm -hmm. Worrying about external stuff? Where, what's no. your What's your mindset? I think I'm most clear right before I go on stage. Clear like, meaning. Like, meaning like there's not, there's not really like those, it's just like an openness ready to take on whatever happens, I think. But I mean, before, like the, at night, it's so awful. Like after performances during the season, like your mind just will not shut off and you're just like over playing over and over in your head, like choreography or what you need to do or things you want to try differently. And, um, but you know, right before I go on stage, I'm literally just like, I'm breathing. I never am thinking about who's in the audience. I'm never thinking about like anticipating something happening in those moments. Yeah. I'm just like breathe and like trying to like embody whatever character I'm playing. Um, just to like go out there and as if like I've never done the role before or rehearsed it before like it's a new fresh approach so that it's you know it tries to be as true to the character and the ballet in those moments that it's like real and honest. Be the character so to yeah, speak right? Yeah. But what about okay sometimes I, I can X. make you crazy too you're out in the audience <laughs> wings are just like coming becoming this firebird I'm like <laughs> right, right. people are like what is she doing? <laughs> doing a job um, but no you don't go through one two I got to make sure I step no. left turn right do that no. none of that stuff that stuff happens that, I mean that's why we rehearse th as much as we do we're in the studio eight hours a day five days a week and in, when we're in season performing at the Met um, it's six days a week I think it is yeah um, so like that's why we do that so it's second nature that's why you have to start at such a young age with ballet because all of those technical things and musical cues and counts like none of that should be a thought in your mind when you get out there you should be free to be in the moment to react and respond to whatever happens Natural. again because it's live theater and people make the orchestras make mistakes the music may be too fast at one point too slow someone misses a step someone falls and so you just have to be like if you're you have too much control you can't you can't like react and respond to something happening you said I know I'll never perfect the ballet technique ever Never perfected. Yeah, it's not never. possible. No such thing? No such thing. But you keep trying. Why do you keep yeah. trying if it's, never, if it's not possible? It's like I a mean, golfer, like Tiger right. Woods or something. I mean, it's not, it's, first of all, it's not, it's not humanly possible. You know, even for someone like a Tiger Woods or a Serena Williams, like, yeah, you can work on your, your uh, I, mean, I don't even know sports like that. I'm like, what are they working the on game. there? <laughs> <laughs> They're like swing or something? I don't know. Yes. Um, but the next, you're a human. You're not a machine. It's not like you, you do it, you program it in, you're like, save. No, the next 
next day you're going to wake up and you have to start all over again and react to whatever changes in your body have happened. So I think that that's what makes it exciting, though, is that you know that there's always going to be work. I think if the end goal you were like, oh, I'm going to perfect it, it's like, well, then what? It's boring. And, like, what are you working towards? Um, but would it it's be just, Yeah. To be perfect? I mean, yes. Would it, it would. Be, yeah, absolutely. That's a debate I have with Absolutely really? would be boring, yes. I'd love to be great every time. I wouldn't be bored. I'd be pretty happy. I mean, you but know? then it's like, yeah, but then it doesn't feel like you're great because there's no work behind. You're not, like, um, achieving something, you know. You're just like, you know it's going to be this, and you're not going to. So you I the like journey, the challenge. Right? The journey is everything. Right. I mean, especially for a classical dancer, the bulk of our time in our throughout our career is spent in a studio it's not on stage it's preparing so if you don't enjoy that process like it's so not worth it and I enjoy being in the studio I enjoy working I enjoy pushing myself I enjoy like approaching a role that I've maybe been doing for 10 years and having a completely different outlook on it every time I do it bringing in different life experiences and getting old and some things technically you can't do as well but then you're like but I got this character down old 36 <laughs> Please. It's getting up I got there. shoes older than you, <laughs> as they say. You have a blank out oh, yeah. on stage. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. When's the last time that All happened? of that stuff happens. Like, so, um, the one I can really remember that was like a big one that has stuck with me in my mind, we were, it was opening night um, of, this bal- of uh, Sleepy Beauty, and we were in Paris. And, um, yeah, and I was opening night doing the role of uh, Princess Florine, which is, she dances with the bluebird. Um, and, you know, sometimes, like, your mind, it just escapes you. And, and so I'm in the midst of the, doing this pas de deux, and I'm with my partner, and he's, like, partnering me. And he pulls me up from this, you know, to go into the next step, and I just am literally standing, like, flat feet like this, not like I should be, a ballerina, nothing, like this, staring at him. <laughs> And his eyes were just like, because he was like, what is happening? I literally had no idea what was next. And I was just like, oh, my God, where am I? What's going on? And he just kind of, like, grabbed my hand. And then, like, things just happened. Like, he took my hand, and I was like, okay, okay, we're going again. We're going. But he was, like, mortified. It felt like forever, but it was. I mean, it was noticeable. It was noticeable. Was it? Did the audience know? I mean, I don't know. The the artistic staff, yeah, of course they noticed. Of course they did. But, like, those things happen, and it's like, okay, now I've got to get back on track and focus. And so, you know, it's about, like, letting go of those things in those moments and not holding on to them as you continue to perform. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Now, what about the idea that you're packing the house with brown people? Mm-hmm. You, you see these folks coming. Yeah. Right? Do you see them while you're performing? No, no. You don't? You don't um, see the audience at all? No. I'm fortunate. I think that's something that's, that's, that brought me into ballet, you know, when I was a young girl. Um, you know, as exposed and vulnerable as you are on the stage, I, that was the safest I felt. I felt, you know, the fact that all you see is black out there. Um, and I felt like I was, I could do and say everything I always wanted to without words. Um, and I could express myself artistically, but no one could touch me. And I couldn't see anyone, and there was this comfort in that. And I think there is to this day, if I saw, it's just a weird thing, to, I think. To see. It, it pulls you out of, like, what you're doing. You know, when you see people's reactions or you see they're not list focusing or watching, I think it's a great thing just to have this, like, in world that you're creating around yourself to just be in the moment um but to be able to you know i get photos and even before i go on people are tweeting like you know the a photo of the line outside of the for the performance and like those or seeing at the stage door afterwards like it's absolutely mind-blowing i never thought 
in my life, I would see a, a line that, you know, reaches from the street of, um, you know, Columbus Avenue into the box office of the Metropolitan Opera House. Thousands and that of brown people, people, by the way. Yeah. And Not that just brown, 10 or 20. Yeah, no, no, no. This is packing the Metropolitan Opera House. Here to see you. And, I mean, I, I think that that's help. you know, I hope that, like, people originally, you know, that's why what brought them in, but that they're, they're falling in love with the, what, what it is they're seeing and, you know, becoming attached to other dancers, which is, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's not just about, like, me selling out my shows and then when my, my career's over, I'm like, all right, cool, like, go back to being what it was. No, it's about trying to really change the culture and the structure of classical dance and being inclusive. Oh, no question. You wrote that at 23, you wrote this, you said, the day I saw Raven Wilkinson in a documentary was the day my life and my purpose changed. Like I didn't realize profound... it was 23. That, I thought it was older. That's, yeah. Well, that's yes. what it said. No, I'm sure you're right. I, I don't remember anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, yeah, that, that, was, was. that was a mind-blowing kind of mm -hmm. moment. So mm -hmm. here you are, you've, you've worked all your life, you felt like the only one, and then you mm -hmm. see this woman in a documentary, Ballet de Russe, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you're just like blown away by her. What was yeah. your mindset before and after mm -hmm. seeing her? Um, I mean, I knew that there were black dancers clearly that existed throughout history, but I never, um, it's, it's hard when you don't have any real uh, documentation, like nothing's documented or kept like a part of our history. There are so many black dancers that have come through ABT or other major companies that no one knows about. They don't, they're like, what? There was another black dancer here? Disappeared. For whatever reason, yeah. We're not, we're, we're not remembered or acknowledged throughout history. And so I think that has a lot to do with why I didn't connect with any black dancer, even though I knew they were there. Um, but to watch this documentary on the Bali Roost de Monte Carlo and to like just you know, something clicked within me. I think that I was struggling with trying to figure out how I fit in as a black woman and Misty in the ballet world, but I just couldn't articulate it or understand why I was frustrated. Um, but when I saw her, it was like my purpose became beyond just like reaching the goal of being the best dancer I could be or being a soloist or being a principal. It was like, wow, like I'm literally in her shoes and that was in the 1950s and the fact that this is still the same, they're the same issues is mind blowing. But to see a woman that I could see myself through that looked similar to me, um, that had been in like the exact situation, you know, being the only black woman in this company, uh, and then to see all she endured, you know, she ended up, her career at the Ballet Russe ended because she, her life was being threatened by the Ku Klux Klan. And she went on to dance in Europe, which is typical of a lot of black dancers. Um, that it was just like, wow, my purpose is, is to be able to tell her these stories of black dancers, to be able to be representation and to change so that in another 50 years, th there's not another brown girl like, wow, I'm still in that place, you know, that Misty is or that Misty was or Raven. And so I think that it just literally just flipped everything. And it gave me this like power to be able to uh, express my experiences knowing that it could impact someone the way she impacted me. And then you meet her yeah. and she becomes a dear friend, mm -hmm. a mentor, mm -hmm. and she shares all kinds of wisdom with you. Yeah. How did she, what did she tell you? What did she touch your soul with? I know she did. I mean, was there, there was never a time that there wasn't a, a new story I hadn't heard. And she could, she could talk for hours on the phone or in person. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, my manager, Gilda, who's a black woman, you know, understood the importance of, of having someone like her in my life or to even just, like, 
put her in those spaces that I'm in and have people learn about her. You know, she reached out and found out that she was alive and that she lived a half a block from me all this time and she'd been supporting me and coming to my shows and I had no idea. Um, and the first time we met was at a conversation we did with two generations of black ballerinas at um, the Studio Museum in Harlem. And that was just like life changing. Um, and, and to hear just like all that she went through, she has no kind of like animosity, she has no, she just sees the beauty and for, for what it is, for what ballet is, for what she gained and what she can pass on. And to me, that was what just set her apart from so many people I'd experienced in my life and as a mentor. And she was just constantly, you know, saying that she's there with me all the time, like on stage. She's, she would always say, I'm the wind at your back. Like every wow. single performance, she would say that to me. What do you me. mean by that? What do you think? Um, you know, I see it as like, that's what I already felt and knew. And it's, and, and as much as it's her who's like, really like, she's, she's my wings. <laughs> but it's like every brown dancer that has, has been in a position where they weren't heard, they weren't given an opportunity, they were treated a certain way. Like, I feel like they're all with me and I'm dancing for all of them. And so it's just like such a powerful like thing to be able to recognize and, and that's kind of like what gets me through um, on those tough days or, you know, back then when it was really, really tough before I was promoted to principal dancer. But she just was always such a positive light. There was never any negativity. It was always just about how you deal with situations and like what good you can learn from them. Wow. You're going to speak at her memorial service yeah, in yeah. like a week, right? Yes. At Abyssinian? Yes, um, on well, March you, 25th. What yeah. are you going to say? Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I try to um, really just be in the moment and speak from my heart. You know, I mean, of course, I'm going to jot some things down, but... Um, you know, to be able to have an amazing team um, that can, you know, we wanted to kind of give back to her what she gave to so many people. So we've, we were the ones that are arranging and setting up the memorial for her. Um, but to be able to be in a space where everyone's there to support and love Raven and then to be able to just share what she's done for me and what she's done for the dance world, um, it's just going to be difficult, but I think beautiful to be able to express it in that space. Because I know that, you know, before I was aware of her, she just wasn't given any recognition. No one knew her name, her story. So to be able to be that person that, um, you know, I... That's okay. <laughs> to, uh, you know, to be able to... Um, to be able to be in a place where I could bring her with me and to share her story, um, I know that, you know, she never said it, but I know that it meant so much to her. She went her whole life and her whole career without, without any of that. And so for me to be able to give that to her um, in the time that she had left, um, it means so much to me. And um, I just don't know where I would be if I hadn't learned of her and met her. Sure. And just think of this, you're giving it to the world too, right? Yeah. There's this beautiful book. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's for young people. Yeah, and, and it's her life story. Written, yeah. written the well, this is, yeah, I wrote the foreword for right. it. Um, uh, this was such an incredible moment. moment right? That was my debut of Swan Lake in New York City. And, mm. and Raven came on and presented me with the flowers, and I was just a mess. <laughs> right. um, I just wanted to get on my knees and give them back to her. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, you know, even my children's book, Firebird, was 
uh, was dedicated to her and it was really like this loosely based on our relationship sure. our story of yeah. mentorship but the beauty of this is that I mean she blazed the trail yeah you're sharing her with the world mm -hmm. and we're, we're better for it right yeah I feel like I'm just kind of like an extension of her and I'm living out and getting the opportunities that she should have had and so that's how I see it so it's kind of like I'm just like continuing on um, the stories of all of these black dancers and and hopefully you know my one of my goals is to be able to write a history book and and to be able to like really do the work and have a space where where the next generations can learn about who existed and who got them to this place and what their names were where they danced and so I feel like that's a part of my responsibility yeah I mean, no one did it by themselves no, in other words absolutely, right yeah. no question about that um, your life partner I'm gonna bring him in here. <laughs> is it true that you guys? That's so met? weird that you brought it up because I'm like wearing this necklace that I think I've Are never you? worn that he made for me, and really? it says M and O for Miss Tano. <laughs> no I kidding. randomly happened to wear it today. No kidding. How <laughs> sweet so is that? Funny. Here's the best thing about this: you guys have been together for how long? Oh my gosh, um, he was my first boyfriend. I met him when I was 21. I know at a nightclub at in a New night York City. Is right? that true? Nobody meets at clubs. Who anymore? meets in the club? <laughs> Everyone used to back in the day. I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> Then you go separate way. No, right. But this was, this was for real. It was. You meet a guy who yeah. you can spend. I mean, it was crazy. Um, you know, I think that how I grew up. You know, I was not before ballet. I was just so introverted and so shy, and like, um, I think that also cautious. You know, having watched the way the way that I was raised, and you know, my mother married several times, and and I think that all of my siblings were just pretty cautious when it came to relationships and and making sure that we really were committed and put in the time and work before we would do it, have children or get married. Um, and so, you know, when I met Olu, he actually was just visiting. He was, I think, interning or doing something with law. He was still in law school in Atlanta at Emory. Um, so I met him that night. We exchanged, actually, Tay Diggs introduced us, his cousin, which is even more weird and random. Um, <laughs> and then the next day but he the went. guy calls you over and says, I want you to Tay meet. called me over okay. and was like, I want you to meet my cousin. I was like, who's your cousin? He's like, him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we exchanged information. He went back to Atlanta the next day, and we did long distance for a year. But, but, but time he out. You would just <laughs> exchange information with any we old did. person. Why do you exchange information? What, what was, that just <laughs> right. doesn't It wasn't just like, here's my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cousin. Nice no. to see you. No, I mean, we just to be able to, you know, within moments, it was just like this connection. You know, he's he's I biracial. Into his eyes. <laughs> he looked into mine. How you did know, this I go down? Being, being, um, it was like a real conversation, even though yeah. music was bumping in the back. But <laughs> no, I mean, he's he grew up in Northern California. He's from Oakland. I'm from Southern California. Like being biracial, um, you know, kind of navigating through these white worlds that we both kind of were existing in you ballet. Went all and, that and in, the, in the ten minutes. Yeah, in the club. I mean, somewhat. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I get. I don't mess around. I'm like, I ain't got a lot of time. You got right to the Let point. Me. Look, what, what's Come your on, deal? No. <laughs> and so I think that there was like a natural, you know, connection and also, you know, he grew up in, you know, San Francisco area and so his mother was on the board of directors of San Francisco Ballet and so it's really funny that she was constantly kind of pushing him like to date a dancer and he was like, I will never and then he ends up marrying one, a wow. ballerina. Yeah, he was like, that's just not my, like, that's not my type or whatever and so it was really funny. We had, yeah, we kind of touched on everything and, um, you know, he'd come visit me here and there in New York, but within a year he graduated from law school and he moved to New York and here Boom. we are. And you guys dated forever and yeah. then got married after a long I, period of time. It's been, it'll be, it's like two and a half years we've been married, but we've been together for like 15 years or something. Ah, 
I you wanted to make sure. I mean, I needed to be sure. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I think I'm ready. It's been a decade. I want to make sure that this is right. Yeah. You finally gave in. Yeah, you know, but I think it's it's important to have. It was always important for me, and I think that's something that I recognized in him, and he recognized that. Um, you know, I needed a life partner that was going to understand all that I sacrifice and give to what I do, um, and someone who supported me and um, was, my, you know, my equal. And, and so I feel like that's, that's what I was always seeking, um, that I didn't want this kind of imbalanced uh, relationship of, you know, what's expected of a woman or a man. I think we both always had that understanding. And again, I feel like I learned so much just by watching, like, mistakes that my mother made and, like, learning from those and, like, being able to really, um, yeah, find the person that I felt was was right and complimentary. How do you guys chill? How do you guys travel? Travel. Yeah, like you don't do travel nothing. enough as it is. Right? No, I know. Right? <laughs> just that's all I do. Um, get on a plane so I can sleep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in my off time, I like to just be like somewhere on an island on a beach where I literally don't do anything. It's not like I don't go do do trip like if, do activities. I'm not in activities. No, I'm like the first three days I'm just out. Like, and then I'm like, okay, all right, I'm here. Um, I love to cook, and, and he loves to eat it. And right. <laughs> we love to go to concerts. Like, we're big, like, music people. And um, Concerts like who? Like what? Citizen Cope, Alice Smith, James Blake, Drake. Uh, I don't know. A lot, a lot more, like, I like to be more in the smaller venues and see people that, you know, um, that are just like kind of like those black like soulful artists that are just chill i'm not the kind of person that wants to i don't want to stand i'm like if i could sit that's perfect just listen enjoy their gifts and like don't need to be like wow going crazy so um mariah carey i'll need to get to one of those soon she was my first concert and i haven't been to one since she has a new album out right now i know of course i know of course you do you're like her number one fan yeah so the movie's gonna come out soon Well, well, at least the, you've got yeah. a director. Yes. The movie of your life story. How yeah. exciting is this? It's so wild. It's beyond, right? Yeah. Um, so that actually, we started the process quite a while ago. But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a team that's willing to be patient and wait and make sure that we have the right script, the right director, like the right team kind of lined up. Because, you know, I think that it's, it's something that can... Um, I don't know, just be like a real representation of what ballet is, what my journey was, and how mm. people can really like benefit from kind of seeing the behind the scenes and all that goes into it and and um, and to get like a positive message out there. Like, yes, you'll see all of the difficulties and things like that, but it's really about um, seeing like a black woman and a, and a team of amazing black women around me, you know, that that journey and um, so but it's it's a ways away. We have no no one cast. There's no script written. Like none no of cast. that. No, it's Who's too early. Play? Oh, I don't know. Number one question. Who? I know, right? Um, and I I really want it to be a dancer. I want it to be someone who is an actual ballerina that you know. Then we can like um, kind of work with and coach with acting. Which dancers are actors, anyways. I mean, we're telling stories through our bodies. Would you have to be the, the body double then? You'd have to do the uh, actual. Moves? No, well, that's what I'm saying. I want an actual dancer so that that won't have to happen. Like I don't. Right. I, I you know I'm I'm just kind of tired of seeing that happen where dancers are never kind of given those opportunities and brushed aside when the films come out. You know, with they're playing these body doubles. But and we all know and can see when the when it's not the dancer and you're just like oh that's not something you can teach someone in a year. It's a right. lifetime 
time of work to work on to be able to do the most simple things like standing or to do a bow, um, the gestures with your hands, the way you hold your head. So I would love to see a dancer in, in, a, in a, my role. There's so um, many things to get right with this though, yeah. right? From that yeah. to the whole you know family structure yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's important to, to me too. To your performances now, yeah. to the way you interact with the public. I mean, there's a lot right. it is. going on. Is, I a think script, is a script along? How, how, no, where no, is it? no, 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 no. There's, on yeah, page we're one? working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. Um, I think that's what's important that it's not that we're focusing on kind of like these salacious kind of negative stories that people already know about. It's like it's out there. You can go, you know, you don't need to see it again in a film. Um, but just to be able to kind of highlight all of those things that kind of got me to this point and, and the people around me, like what I learned from them and, and, um, and yeah, I think again, just like the the black community and how much they played a role in who I am as a person, and and um, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to kind of like end on this positive note of you know all of the, the the what's possible for the future and all the brown ballerinas that are now part of ballet because they can see representation whether it's through Disney's The Nutcracker film where I'm portraying like a ballerina princess like it's incredible that this generation is going to be able to look at a Disney film and their their idea of what a ballerina is is someone who's brown and that to me is so impactful mm. and then have it routine right have it matter of fact exactly. not a big deal at all not a big deal so right. it's like that's just what that's they the learn whole to know idea. And, and that's the whole idea right. yeah um are you gonna i mean in the movie are you gonna get into the whole the whole upbringing because it's right by now it's kind on. of well worn yeah right? you're probably I mean, sick but it's and also tired it's also a huge it. part of, of like you know my journey but again like i'm we are still in the beginning stages so i think we'll figure out what it is we're going to really highlight and focus but again i don't want it to be you know it's my life's work it's it's the journey it's where i'm at today and how impactful you know how being a representation is not just to be able to like go back and like kind of just make make people look bad or you know that's not the point of it to, but I'm you know I think that it's an important part of my story and my journey was that I went through that um, situation and it was really difficult but not not really the, the point of the focus of I the got film. you yeah. I got you so so let's just talk about childhood to the extent that uh, that makes sense here yeah. right so you're two years old, you mm -hmm. have three siblings at this point, mm -hmm. Kansas City, mm -hmm. mom up and leaves, dad, yep. and just heads out west, and you settle out in, in, in Southern California. Yeah. And thus begins like a decade and a half of random relationships mm -hmm. with a bunch of different guys, mm -hmm. married, not this, that, and the mm -hmm. other. You're moving, 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 and there's, there's a chaos to life. Always. And you're this little child, very shy, yeah. very afraid, um, but you're, you're holding all these thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's going through this little girl's head that, you know, that you're not letting out while mm -hmm. all this stuff's going on around you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fascinating to look back on. I mean, I think that um, chaos is all I knew, and I just kind of grew accustomed to, like, that that was normal. Um, and therefore, I learned to survive within it. And my surviving mechanism was to kind of just not say anything and hold in all of those thoughts. It was like a way of protecting myself and not letting anyone in. And um, I don't think that I was even capable of, of being able to express it, even if I felt safe enough to. Um, but it, I think all of those thoughts were just kind of like, who am I? Like, where do I fit in in this world? And like, I just never connected with anything. And so that, that you know, attributed to why I was just kind of like, 
I just thought I was this like shy, lost little girl. I didn't con literally. I connected with nothing. I mean, I think later on, when I was maybe really? seven years old, was music was something that I started to kind of embrace. Um, but I wasn't. I didn't love school. I didn't. There was no sport I was playing or a part of. I wasn't doing anything. I literally was just this little girl, just existing somehow in this chaotic world that you know my mother kind of created for us. Disconnected from everything. Yeah. In your head. Yeah. And and a lot of it was my surviving was to like not share anything about my personal life, like whether I was at school or um, just with other people. Um, because it just became like this embarrassing thing, you know, when you're a young kid, you don't want people to know you're living at a motel or don't have anywhere to stay or at some not point have you end up the table. moving into a motel literally yeah. and living in like the room. Yes. And your um, mom's using the bedroom yes. with whoever. Yes. And it's like four four or five kids on the floor. Right. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know. Um and that's just unbelievably tense and, yeah. and, and crowded and cramped. And it was like the real it was really amazing that it was at that time that ballet came into my life. It was kind of at the lowest point in my family dynamic. And then to have ballet come into my life at that point, it literally was like, it saved me, I think, in every way. It gave me a purpose. It gave me like beauty. It gave me calm. Uh, um, it allowed me to literally 13 years of never expressing anything and holding all of this in, I finally could do through movement. And so I mean, my growth was huge, you know, within, within a year, I was dancing as if I'd been dancing for 10 years. And so it, my growth was so rapid. Once I was given a tool, like which was ballet, yeah, and yeah, and it also again, I think it just like saved me. It saved like my soul. It saved my um, emotions and like all of that. And I started to like grow and become like a whole person because of ballet, because of music, because of art. Um, had you also been journaling? Yes. Yeah. Where did that, that was, come into your head? Yeah. Why did you start doing that? Um, because I didn't know, I couldn't say anything to anyone. <laughs> and so it just kind of became a release for me. How old? Um, I guess it was around the same time I started dancing. And I kept, I, to this day, I have every single journal I've ever written in, which was really helpful when I was do, writing the memoir with Sharice Jones. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, that was another, another way of expressing myself like dance. I mean, dance, I felt like I was really saying everything I wanted to, but I really wasn't verbally saying it. So to be able to be, write down everything that I was going through, I think helped me to kind of process everything and then be able to function in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not like a ticking time bomb, no. time bomb, yeah. But you let it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's all this stuff. I mean, at one point you were looking to What's the word? Emancipation mm -hmm. from your family? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you, you were living with this ballet instructor, teacher, Cindy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and her husband, and, you, and your mom started feeling, you know, what a mom would feel. Just and get her back normal, and yeah. The whole thing. And so that ends up in court, mm -hmm. and it's on TV, mm -hmm. and on Lisa, all these different places. I mean, and Gloria, all Red's involved, and, yeah. you know, nothing good is happening at this point, right? <laughs> you, you, this poor little child is yeah. just going through all this stuff. You're going to depict this in the movie, too. It's I don't know if we're going right. to go into that much detail, but, but I feel it's in like... The book. I, yes, it is in the book. Right. Um, you know, we'll figure out within that story, within my memoir, like what it is we will focus on. Of course, it was a huge part. You know, I, I feel like all of these things that I've experienced could not have been a better way to prepare me for the position I'm in. And when I think of, you know, I think about, um, I think about the roles that I've um, taken on 
uh, that are, you know, have been mature, like, storylines and, and that I was always capable of kind of delving and, and diving into those feelings from mm -hmm. a young age. And I, and I think it's because I experienced everything that I did that it gave me another perspective that a lot of the dancers I was dancing with did not have. And, um, you know, I think that I, I that was... I would say most people. Yeah, most people have. But I would, I think that... Um, you know, going through that experience, um, you know, with the, the court case, uh, it kind of just like sped everything up in terms of like me reaching my breaking point of like, okay, like I need to take control over things. And I don't think I ever had experienced that in my life up to that point. And it was within a year that I was in New York City um, dancing at the summer intensive program for American Ballet Theater. The whole firebird, the, that, that, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, look, I've lived through all this stuff. If my shin hurts, I'm good. I'm going to yep. go out here. I'm going to mm -hmm, get this. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the way this came across to me. Yep. That's how it was. I got this. <laughs> I'm going to take it. This is uh -huh. my opportunity. I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. I mean, what was your mindset doing Firebird with a broken yeah. shin? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I, again, I feel like watching my mom and how strong she was, like, even, no matter what we experienced in our life, um, there was never a thought of, like, giving up. And, and it was just always constantly surviving. And I think that's how I've approached everything in my life. Um, you know, I reached a point in my career, I was 29 years old, which is extremely late to be given an opportunity to do your first leading, you know, principal role in a classical ballet. And for me to get that opportunity so late, it was kind of like, I don't care what happens after this, the fact that I'm gonna be in a, in a space for brown people to see that is what, all that matters. And so, you know, of course, there are other ways I could have taken care of myself looking back and things like that. But in my mind, it was like, this may never happen again. I don't know if this opportunity would even come again for any black woman in my lifetime. And so I am, I am doing this for everyone who has gotten me to this point. And so I feel like that's what gave me the strength and power to go on stage and dance with six stress fractures in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you, you have which, a plate in yeah, your leg which today. Which could have ended my career that night. Um, but you know, I felt like even if it did, that step was beyond what we had already accomplished in the ballet world. So I was willing to take that risk. And <laughs> yes, I ended up a year later back on stage with a plate in my um, tibia. Um, and it's you know it's a constant battle and struggle and I have a foreign object in my body and that's <laughs> so that's something I'm constantly dealing with but again it's the work never ends and if I didn't enjoy it I wouldn't still be doing it uh, I mean wow <laughs> just take your breath away um, Prince mm -hmm. what did he tell you that sticks with you to this day I think a lot of it was what he showed me um, you know, and I think similarly to Mariah, even though I've never met Mariah and she wasn't in my life in that way, but um, having someone who was, you know, a black artist who I respected so much um, kind of show me and represent to me what it is to be an individual and to be okay with owning that and to be, you know, it's, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be the only. I think all of those things were things that he reinforced within me um, that, you know, success doesn't always come in like the same beautiful package with a bow on it. But you spent time <laughs> in car rides with him. Oh, we spent mu a lot of time together over like five years. Right. We were very close friends. What would, and what I, would he say? What would he say specifically? He was just, he was really, you know, it was, I think, in the, along the same lines of how I feel and think that, you know, it's about bringing 
our people with us on this journey and through our success. And I think that's something that he wanted to do and that he was doing with me. You know, any way he could help in, you know, whether it was contributing financially to different black companies and schools that I was a part of, you know, um, he just really wanted to be able to help to kind of speed up the process of change within the ballet world, which I'd been working, you know, my entire career for. And I just, he was just understanding and supportive of that mission and goal and having, you know, walked in his own shoes and, and experienced, you know, creating his own path. And there was no blueprint for him. I think that's the most that I really like that we shared and that um, we talked about and that he gave me. Well, I saw you at the garden with him. Uh, it was amazing. Thank you. Then, especially when you're on top of the piano. I know. It was an unforgettable moment. And then when he's bowing to you. I know. That's even more incredible. <laughs> so my nieces love you and they can't get enough of what you do, so they have questions. Uh -huh. Do you think it's possible to go to college and be a professional ballet dancer at the same time? I do. You do? Um, I think that we're in a place now, I mean, I don't know if actually physically attending college is possible. You know, as a classical dancer, this is your, it's a full-time job, maybe even more than that. We travel the world. We're, I'm working eight-hour days dancing, usually without a break. Um, but there are, ballet companies now are invested in that and, and having different colleges that make a commitment to these companies where they have professors come in and actually work with the dancers after hours or on breaks. And so I think it's absolutely possible to get an education and still um, be a professional dancer. Sure. Yeah. What would you say to your younger self? I would say to um, be patient. I think I was, but be more patient. <laughs> be, Who um, can be patient? Right. I mean, I feel I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I would just say, like, to understand that, you know, this is your journey and your path and that things are going to work out the way they are f supposed to for you. Um, and just to kind of, like, embrace and learn from this journey that you're on. <laughs> What's the most meaningful thing you've done so far? I think... Um, to be able to share the stories of black ballerinas that no one knows about and to be able to be representation for um, brown people in classical dance and representation for change and bringing more diversity to classical ballet. There's no retiring. There's yes, no there retiring? Is, is there? Yeah, I mean, it, clearly it has to happen. Really? Uh, at some point, but when, you know, when I feel that that time is, is coming, then I will gracefully step down. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's this is fantastic. so wonderful. It's so great fantastic. to see you again. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you.